What's up, guys? It's Tuesday night, and the WGT closest to the whole challenge is still going on. You can still win a free DNVR shirt or gift card every single week. All you have to do is go to freewgt.com to download World Golf Tour, one of the best golf apps out there. Again, that's freewgt.com to download and participate in this competition. Once it's downloaded, go to the closest to the whole challenge. This week, we're doing Edge wood tahoe it's in nevada i believe hole number eight of the closest to the whole challenge that's the eighth hole in the challenge not actually hole number eight because they do them out of order all you gotta do is get it as close to the hole as you can and at the end of the week whoever gets it closest will win to compete once you get to hole eight and you stick it close to the pin just take a screenshot and send it in to us at info at the dnvr.com or you can send it to us on Twitter at DNVR Avalanche that will get you entered. Not only will you have a chance to win every week for the shirt if you get the closest to the hole, but even if you don't win the week, you will get a raffle ticket into the grand prize, which is either Avs tickets or a jersey of your choosing if you are out of state which I'm going to move out of state if I win because the jersey is a dope prize. But again, freewgt.com, closest to the whole challenge, Edgewood Tahoe, eighth hole of the challenge. Get in there, stick it in the hole, and get your chance to win. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! See me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can reserve products there for pickup at your local express checkout and you'll be in and out in minutes. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. This is period one of the podcast today. We're going to talk about the thing we're not experts about, goaltenders. And we're going to start with the Colorado Avalanche. The the thing that nobody is an expert about, yeah, even the goaltender well, experts. It's true. It's a it's a very finicky position. There's no doubt about that. It comes and goes for even the best of goaltenders. I mean, just look at Tim Thomas. How did that guy win a Stanley Cup out of nowhere and be the best goalie in the league? And then he just disappeared again a couple years later. You mean it's rare for a guy to all of a sudden become a monster at like age 36 and then have an unbelievable like four year run and then completely disappear into the ether? Bit unusual. Not definitely not a common occurrence. (sighs) That was really weird. And that's a great example. I mean, look at what's going on in St. Louis. Jordan Bington was their fourth goaltender comes out of nowhere leads them to a Stanley Cup, and at least so far this season, totally legit. 
Yeah, has looked very legit, and we will get into those conversations around the league. But I wanted to start with the Ams, and let's start with backup in Pavel Francouz. Nine games, he's 5-2 and a no decision, I guess, in his starts, and he came in relief and got a no decision as well, with a 924 save percentage and a 248 goals against. I mean, you can't ask for more than that from a guy that had no NHL experience essentially before this year. Yeah, he played in part of two games last year, but he's come in and been the exact backup the Avs have hoped he would be. Yeah, and, you know, they took a chance. There wasn't anybody on earth that could say with any kind of confidence that was not built on total irrationality that Pavel Francouz was going to come in and be very good in the NHL or even just good in the NHL. It was entirely built around while he'd been good in every league up until that point. Like there were reasons for optimism and there was a reason that they gave him the chance, right? Like they, they let Varley walk and go and get the big money deal that he wanted. And he got, and they did not go out and get an established backup. They said, no, we're going to roll with this guy. He was good with the Eagles. We brought him over just with this exact situation in mind. He plays well with the Eagles. We promote him. He solves our backup problem. Perfect. It all went exactly as planned. And he has lived up to it, man. I mean, the guy has done exactly what you want from him. Pace for pace. He's been exactly the same guy he's been in every other league, which he has mastered every league but the NHL at this point. Very reliable, very athletic biggest weak point is juicy juicy rebounds yeah i think there are also some moments where he uh overplays the puck at times where guys come down on the wing and um you know that's all i uh, there's a chance that i'm wrong about that but just from sight lines in pepsi center from what it looks like uh it looks like there's space on that far side there and he's just relying on his athleticism i think he's i think it's it's something he's doing on purpose because he consistently does it and I think he's he's trying to entice shooter to, a shooter to go for it because he thinks he's he's quick enough to get to it. A little bit of show it and take it away kind of styling. Yeah, I mean you've got to play a game of cat and mouse. You know, I yeah. mean it's I mean look at the, that's like the existence of the five hole, right? Is you, you shooters see that thing all day long? They're like, oh look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that! I don't even have to get the puck off the ice, and then you know, guy takes it away. Kane on Grubauer the other night was a perfect example where Kane kept going high glove and Grubauer's like, I'm giving it to you and I will take it away. And then he slips it five hole on him. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Well, I I mean, it was a nothing goal that didn't matter. I have angry thoughts about that. But yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, With Grubauer, I think the maybe my one real like legitimate concern is that he's looked a lot better with a bigger workload. And when the Avs are playing a little better defensively, they need him to, they need him to be there. You know, they, we, we overlook it because the Avs scored nine goals that night, but he gave up four goals against, against Nashville and did not play well. I mean, that was a, a 3-2 game at one point with a couple of goals that you're kind of grimacing on. Yeah, I mean, you were you were feeling not good about that when they made it 3-2 because the Avs had 
they had dominated that game and Francois had let Nashville in into it. Yeah, uh, that was that was he was the biggest reason they were down three two in that game. And then the offense just turned on the Jets and pff, they were gone. But, you know, he's in, in two of the games that, that he has very sparkling numbers. Uh, blowout wins. It's definitely true. Um, and it is an interesting situation because regularly a lot of Grubauer's play comes off of back-to-backs, right? Now, sometimes the Avs will give him a start. Sometimes they'll give him the second one. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, though, he's been the benefactor of the Avs offense just going off. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, yes, those are going to be easy wins. On the other hand, he does face a lot of shots in those games. So it's a little bit of a give and take. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the Chicago game, uh, the Avs five five won that game, what, five two? And had a five one lead halfway through. Nashville game won that game nine four. Tampa game won that what seven to one, I believe. Seven to that two. Would blow out for sure. Yeah. Seven to two. So I mean you're the the the, the classic run support, right? Like the record looks better than it maybe otherwise would because they've gotten some of their biggest blowout wins have been in front of him. Uh, and some of their better defensive efforts that they've had, uh, you know, games in which they've held opponents under 30 shots on goal, he has not done as well in. You know, losses losses to Arizona and Anaheim, obviously the the Nashville game, not as good. So yeah. you'd like to see him even out. You know, if you could... If you could take the you'll you'll give up the 950 960 performance and you'll take a 920 performance if you can get rid of the 850 performance and instead get a 910 out of him on that one, you know? You want yeah. you want him to smooth it out just a little bit. But this is these ups and downs are also why he's a backup. And not to not to be forgotten, you know, 9 games this season and 11 games in his NHL career. Still figuring it out. Yes, not only still figuring it out, still a small sample size to deal with there. And the only time that he had a chance to have, you know, multiple starts in a row and really maybe build up a bit of a resume here to, to put on film, he got hurt. Yeah, he immediately gets run by Blake Wheeler. And so you're just like, oh, okay. A bit unfortunate for sure. But I do want to transition into the Grubauer conversation as well. Obviously, he dealt with the minor injury for a little while. He's come in. I don't want to say that he's really stolen any games this year for the Avs. Maybe one or two, but he's been good enough. I honestly, I don't think that the Avs goaltending has truly stolen a game this season. I think that's a fair argument. They've made some nice saves in key moments, but they haven't just come out and shut down a team. Yeah, they and and Grubauer, you know, Grubauer has been a slow drip in terms of his numbers just very quietly, very slowly working their way down. Yeah. And because, you know, started off the year really quite well. You know, had had a couple of big starts, you know, the Boston game, they won Boston was probably the one where you can say he stole that game. And that was also a game in which they had two goals called back. So, you know, you you only feel so good about it, right? Yeah, sure. 
but statistically you look at it and you say, well, that game he probably stole for them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, both Florida games were, he made unbelievable individual saves in each of the Florida games. Yeah. Uh, but could not come up with them late in the one when at home yeah. to get the regulation wins. Right. Yeah. Two, two goals against in the last couple minutes. And like the abs did not play well. Like I'm not going to singularly put it on Philip Grubauer because that's the definition of stealing a game though. Right. Is yes. when you carry the load while the team around you struggles. Absolutely. And you know, the, the disaster in Dallas. Yeah. You know, the, that fell apart badly. Yep. Right. And you know, the, another one where there were some things that got involved. They scored a goal off a, a broken stick, you know, that, that didn't go very well, but also gave up a goal on the first shift of the game in which Sam Gerard gave the puck away twice, and it's not a great goaltending effort from Grubauer. You go back and you look at it. It wasn't great. You know, you're not going to singularly blame him again because it wasn't like it was a super soft goal, but not it, it was not a great effort, you know, Gerard looked like he was insistent on giving pucks away that night, but Grubauer just did not really bail them out of it. And then, you know, the Toronto game gets pulled. I I wouldn't say I'm concerned about it because I think he continues to be fine. But as you mentioned, it's, it's not been trending upward at very least. Yeah. And you know, the, it's hard to, we can make too much of the numbers sometimes because, uh, like the Chicago game is a sub 900 save percentage game. And he did what he had to do when that game was still competitive. Right. You know, he came up with some big saves early in the game that kept them from, from getting back into it and, and tying it up and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But also got a little lucky. They missed an open net, but then you look at like the Minnesota game. That's a two, two game going into the third period. The abs had pushed back in that game and the goal that they gave up came from the, the goal line on a puck that they just threw in the middle, hit the inside of his skate and randomly he stands up. Had no idea where that puck was, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, look, man, like the puck tracking has got to be a little better. Uh, the numbers, the numbers for Grubauer this year are really kind of sneaky, just not very good. You know, I, I don't think any of us would say he's been a big problem for them. I think that, He's been okay, but if you go and you look at it, 16 starts this year, 37% quality starts. He's only, Of those 16 starts, only six have been quality starts. That's real, real low. You compare that to last year, and remember last year, total disaster, right? For two months of the season, at least. <laughs> total disaster. 37 starts, 20 of them ended up being quality starts. He ended up with a 60% quality start percentage. And that's, you really got to be getting at least 50%. Yeah. I mean, and average starters are giving you right around 50%. 60% is an upper echelon starter. Yeah. And that's, that's just the reality. If you're not getting 50% quality starts, you need to rethink your starter. And again, not even a third of the way through the season here. Those numbers will very likely normalize, but yeah, it's got to normalized now he's not playing above his head and he's playing underwater and he's got to get back up there right his two years in washington 62 percent quality star percentage and, and and now in his time in colorado um 53 percent 
So time to time to pump up. He's got to pump up the numbers a little bit. He's he needs to come up a little bit. Um, but overall, I still feel like the Abs are feeling pretty good about their goaltending as a whole. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take that. If if Grubauer with what is a nine eleven save percentage and a two eighty nine goals against is as bad as it gets for them. With their scoring capabilities, as I said, that's good enough. Definitely. And as always, you know, I know, I think everybody knows that one of the things that makes people drink the most in the NHL is goaltending. Mm-hmm. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. And first off, Breckenridge Brewery is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits Brewery of the Month this month. Download their app and enjoy a six-pack for only $7.99 all month long. Highly recommend it. You can get Breckenridge beer for cheap. You gotta do it when you can get it. You can't always get the free beer from the DNVR events. Sometimes you gotta actually pay at least a little bit for it. So get in there and get it while you can because it is cheap right now. And you can get whatever you want. The Strawberry Sky, if you like an IPA, they got the Hot Peak. If you want their seasonal beer, they have the Christmas Ale. Whatever you are looking for, they can provide it for you. Or if you just want to stay local, you don't want to order it, anything like that, you can just go find it at your local liquor store. So, yeah, keep an eye out for it anywhere and everywhere. Keep an eye out for our events on the Breckenridge event calendar over on thednvr.com. And come out and just have a good time with us. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm still Rudo. He's still AJ. We're talking Avs goalies. We've talked about Grubauer and Francois, but the Avs do have a 40-save shutout under their belt this season, and that comes from Adam Werner. Now, he did get pulled in the very next game for getting blown up a bit, but still, for the first time in a while, it seems like the Avs have a bit of confidence in their third goaltender instead of having to play someone like a Jeremy Smith for a game or something like that. Obviously, this is a help to the organization, but what does this mean long term for the team? Uh, stability, right? That's the hope, certainly. A little bit of stability and the idea that they don't have to trade picks away to Washington when they need a goaltender next. <laughs> I mean, it's been a consistent trend and it's worked pretty well for them. So maybe they don't want to shy away from that. I don't know. Maybe they should try trading down with Washington and taking a goaltender to change, to, to change it up next time at the draft. There you go. Flip it and reverse <laughs> it. Missy Elliott style. Got it. That's, that's right. Missy Elliott style. Yeah. <laughs> They should definitely try Missy Elliott style. Well played, sir. Um, yeah, I could I could be down for that. I mean, hey, it's hard to fault the Avs draft picks and goalies. I guess Kavacha hasn't panned out that well. But if you're looking at Werner and you're looking at Eustace Annanen, you got to feel really good about both of those two. Hey, you know, you take one every year. They've taken one each of the last four years and or last three years. Uh, they took two, I guess, the one year. And... Two of them look like they're on their way to turning into something interesting. The other two do not. That's why you take them every year. Yeah, I mean, if you have a 50% success rate, especially with Annan being the highest of the bunch and as a third rounder, that's real good. 
You're feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, definitely, man. And 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 in I know we talked about a little bit yesterday, but I mean that's that's a guy that deserves a lot of excitement right now. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about all the reasons not to believe in him necessarily, but mm-hmm. he cannot play any better than he is in his current situation. So the hype is real in that regard. Well, and, and we're seeing Adam Werner having a high level of success uh, at the level just below the NHL. You know, this is this is a things things are encouraging right now. Yeah. Um, although with with Werner, I would say, you know, three of the last four starts have not been great, but it's a process naturally. Yeah, and you know, going up and down. Yep, is gonna we'll 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 break some of that rhythm where he was you know pretty consistently okay, gets in and starts and does his thing, um. So he's you know trying to figure that part of it out as well, but you really, again, only only encouraged by what Werner has done early on in the season for an Eagles team that looks like it's actually pretty okay. Yeah, it, I I said this the other day, I don't know if it was on this podcast or on Burgundy Radio, but this Eagles team has been a lot better since all of the call-ups have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. I think the reason is because a lot of the prospects are getting more opportunity. And it's an adjustment for Adam Warner because when you play a lot of prospects, guess what? The defensive structure is not going to be quite as solid, and they're going to have to rely on Warner kind of pulling stuff out at times. I think he's getting there. He's still 22nd, I think, officially in save percentage in the AHL, which isn't great, but for a guy in his first year on North American ice, that's not Mm -hmm. bad. He's a lot younger than someone like, say, Francois, who was already very proven. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, you consider that, you know, Francois came over at what? He was 28 years 27 old, 27 or 28. Yeah. When they, when they first signed him to come over from the KHL, you know, Adam Werner, a baby. Right. At 20, is he 24 yet? Or he was 23. I don't know, but three or four years younger than when Francois came over. So still a lot of room for growth there. And, and that's the thing with all goalies, right? It's not uncommon for them to not really break out until their mid to late twenties. Yeah. And I mean, to just to clear this up, he's 22. Oh, he's only 20. Um, I thought he was 23. Yeah. So even younger yeah. than I thought then. Yeah. So turns 23 in May. So, so very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite young. Um, so that's, that's encouraging again. Like you're feeling, you're feeling good about all these things, uh, that the, the organization's in a healthier spot. You know, we, we were concerned over the summer that they didn't have a proven third guy that they were taking the chance with, with Adam Werner. And right now, Adam Werner, you know, one and one in his NHL career. One spectacular performance, one less so. But you're feeling like this is a guy that, hey, maybe maybe if Francois continues to produce like he does, there's going to be a team that comes calling uh, for his services and says, we want to take a look at this guy as our starter. Yeah, uh, remains to be seen there, I would say, certainly. But 
if he ends the season with 25 to 30 games and is still a save percentage above 920, right. certainly teams are going to be interested in at least opening the door for a tandem situation or something like that. I mean, you look at you look at what Arizona has found with Darcy Kemper, who, yeah. you know, bounced around for a little while because teams were like, uh, you know, he's okay. We'll give him a shot. And now he's a Vesna candidate. Jordan Pennington, same thing. You know, that that teams are finding great success at the goaltending position in places that they haven't before. So, you know, <laughs> Pavel, Pavel Francouz continues to play like this. What's to stop Vancouver or Calgary or somebody like that from from throwing a lot of money at him in free agency and saying, hey, Colorado wants you to be their backup for all of eternity behind Grubauer. Why don't you come and be our starter? We'll give you $4 million a year. Yeah, teams are crazy with that. Miko Koskinen's making $4.5 million this year. Yeah, well, and that deal looked atrocious, and now look and at now him. now it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, now all of a sudden, Miko Koskinen, you're like, ah, but take him over some other guys that are out there. So it's just the chaotic goalie market. Anything can happen in it. And instead of the Avs having to panic and manage it and have one goalie lockdown, it feels like now not only do they have a goalie lockdown in Grubauer and a solid backup, even if that backup walks, they have options that don't include trading with Washington. <laughs> Yes, they are they are not beholden to giving Washington their draft picks for goaltenders all of the time. Right. So that's nice to see. Um as far as Ananin and, and Minor are concerned as well. Ananin's the more interesting one. Again, we talked about him the other day, and we'll see just how ready he looks by the end of the year. With the other ones like Minor. Well, you know, it's a developmental process. How, assuming, let's just assume Ananen shows well at WJC's and Finland medals. Sure. Where is he in terms of goaltender prospects now after that performance? Assuming, you know, assuming no major collapse in the Liga either uh, between now and the end of WJC's. I mean, he's got to be... But league wide or on the Avs? No, oh, I mean on the Avs, he's number one. But yeah, and, and that's not even close. I mean league wide, he's got to start building up some actual hype around the association. Yeah, I, obviously the WJC often gets the press attention. So if he does play well, well there, you have to think his name is going to start getting thrown around. But I'm really curious to see how well he plays in the league of playoffs as well. Because mm-hmm. I think that's that's the other thing that really starts to separate goalies is playoff performance in whatever league it is that they're in. And he has an opportunity to legitimately win that league as their go-to goaltender by the end of this season. Do you think that if that if that happens, do you think that he maybe gets a look at world championships as well? Finland's very finicky about these things. I I would say he could be like the third goaltender, I would say. You know, maybe he gets one of the prelim games, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't expect he would be in the, the two that are in the main part of the tournament, though. You don't think so? 
They're, they're going to go with Pecorine again? How can you not? I mean, even if Rene struggles, you know, he's the dude within the NHL, right? I guess that's true. And they've always liked Uko Pekka Lukanen or whatever his name is as well. Yeah. Uh, I wonder about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the Avs problem, so that's good news. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I just, uh, with Annanen, I just wonder where the success starts to you know, where, how fast his, his growth can be accelerated because of the success he has this year. I mean, regardless of media attention or not, if he's doing those things, putting up a good WJC, putting up a, a good playoff performance, like you said on yesterday's pod, tandem goalie in the AHL, get him to North America, get him playing on the smaller ice, get him adjusted even younger than Werner is getting adjusted now. And if he makes that yeah. adjustment seamlessly, all of a sudden is this guy, the next Yari, the next Murray, maybe. Yeah. Then, then, you know, I think you would be talking about assuming that let's assume he finishes strong this year. And then they do convince him to come over because he has a contract that runs a couple more years in Finland. And it's certainly going to be a pretty cushy job playing behind that team, but yeah. Right. But say they want to fast track him, okay, we're going to give him over to the AHL, get him into a tandem with Werner. You know, give him give him one one full year in the AHL and then we'll see from there. By that point, they will have made a decision on a Grubauer contract. Yeah. Does he I mean, we could be looking at, you know, Two years from now, he's pushing for the backup job behind Grubauer. And then, you know, maybe two years from then, splitting starts with them, maybe taking his job if if he continues to play well. I mean, if he continues to play well, even if you make that commitment to Grubauer, now the Avs are Washington. Now the Avs have that excess and can say, thank you for your second round picks moving on. Yeah, but, you know, Gruby is in his 30s by then. Right. And, you know, there's a million other factors. What does Werner develop into? What do future goaltenders develop into? There's a lot that plays into that type of thing. But just to have Annanen and that potential in the first place is kind of new territory for the Avs. The Avs, their backup carousel has always been wild. They thought they had found a solid one in Pickard, and then it just didn't pan out. It's been a struggle i mean they would have loved to have kept pickard right of course he was he was well liked and they wanted to keep him but for some reason vegas didn't want carl soderberg after he put up 14 points that year and that's uh, (laughs) a i mean this is something that very well could happen again let's say francos remains the backup for the abs guess what there's another expansion draft in two years yeah, if he comes back, if Francois comes back for a, another year, the end of next season will be the expansion draft. Yep. So maybe that's how you keep him to keep the door off. <laughs> Dangle Francois because yeah. you have Anna and incoming. Hey, I mean, yeah, very possible. It's it's just such a hard position to predict because every team has two spots in the NHL. Let's. Let's talk about the one possibility that I'm sure there's at least one person who listens to this right now and is like, why are you guys ignoring this? But what about the possibility that Francois continues to put up a 925, 926 save percentage 
you know, but even just a 920 plus, who cares what it is at that point. And Grubauer ends up sitting in the 910 range. Do you start to do you start to take starts away from it? I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. We've seen that path before. Guys that play like Francois, guys that give up brutally juicy rebounds pretty regularly just don't hack it in the NHL as starters. They just don't. Peter Budai comes to mind immediately. It just puts too much of a load on your defense. You need a guy like a, a Grubauer, a guy when he's on, a Varley when he's on, that just smothers absolutely everything and can take the pressure off. And I just don't think Francois is quite that guy. Now, if he's going to post 930s, I mean, give it a shot. Give him more games. If you want to run a tandem because Grubauer can't quite figure it out for a little while, fine. But I just don't think the numbers that are going to come out of that are going to be as encouraging as people think. So you don't put much of any stock at all into the idea that by the end of the season, Francois could just take his job. I would not expect that at all. And it's goaltenders. Anything can happen, but unless we see a significant change in the way Francois handles rebounds in net, I don't see it happening. Okay. I just, I just wanted. It's worth touching on because it's certainly a conversation that people have been having and (laughs) just wanted to touch on it so that we could say we had the conversation. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. I think that's a good place to end period two here as well, as that kind of covers the abs guys. We'll have a bit more around the league coming at you in a second. But first, when you're playing as a goaltender, you know, you got to be able to take a lot of rubber. So it's time to talk about Denver Rubber Company. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects since 1972. They have provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, pretty much any type of rubber you need. Specifically for this season, they do snowplow rubber and they do it custom. They can pre-slot pretty much any size and shape of snow prowl rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to your exact specifications. Their warehouse is capable of pumping out like absurd amounts of rubber and any type of size, shape, hoses, gaskets, circles, squares, you name it, they can create it. You can buy it for yourself and of course buy bulk at a fantastic rate. And they're a family owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any of your snowplow needs or anything else that I've mentioned here. They can make it and you can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by the Green Solution. Rudo and AJ here talking goalies. We talked about the Avs. I want to broaden the horizons here to the entire NHL. AJ, you already mentioned Darcy Kemper currently leads the entire NHL with a 935 save percentage, a 197 goals against. He does have the benefit of playing that very mucky style that Arizona likes to play ahead of him, but. Is there substance to this? You mentioned how he had bounced around a lot. Is this a one-off year for him, or do you think there's more there? I mean, he was a, I mean, he he was like a nine thirty goaltender last year, man. 
Yeah. And in, in 50 games. Uh, and this just goes to show you, like, when you find goaltending and it works, you just do it. You get out of the way. Jordan Bennington was working and they benched $4 million Jake Allen. Straight up. Because you know, they've, and- they've got Anti Ranta. They traded a, a, a bunch for, for Anti Ranta. And, uh, you know, including uh, the seventh overall pick to, to get him and Derek Stepan. And he's Dar- the backup now. Dar- Darcy Gemper is their goaltender. Like, it's. I, I, if you find a goalie that works, you just roll. Yeah. And you mentioned Bennington. I think both of us might be eating a little bit of crow there right now. An- another goalie who does get to play against a very grindy, mucky system, but. Hey, he's got nine two six save percentage, two two six goals against, in pushing top ten in the league goaltending wise statistically. I mean, he's giving the Blues exactly what they need out of him again. Yeah, uh, with Bennington, you know, it's you know they still play that same kind of heavy defensive style. They're still trying to win games two to one if they can. It's the NHL, so it's more three two. Uh, and they're they're getting by on a lot of overtime. He's good you enough know, to get to the overtime. That's true. And then the three on three chaos for sure. And their margin of error has been very thin this season. But it doesn't matter. Like results are results. And yeah. they he's he's putting them up. He's proven himself the real deal. He's this is exactly what that you know this is exactly what they wanted to see out of him uh, was that. Hey, this guy came in and stormed the castle last year. He took it over, and and now he's planting the flag and setting up shop. This is this is a dude that's he's followed everything that happened last season up by just going out and doing it again. It's right. It's the consistency that no one was confident that he would have, and right now he's got it. Sure, you can talk about systems, you can talk about whatever, but mm-hmm. when, when you have a goaltender who can continually play at a certain level, that's how you win Stanley Cups. Blues are a perfect example. Yeah. I think the, the Blues Cup last year will always look a little fluky to us. but I think it will, but you know, if Bennington spends the next five years playing like this, the goaltending fluke is them actually choosing to start him, not him being good. Yeah. <laughs> they got pushed into it. To an extent. It, you I know, mean, I mean, they had, uh, you, you remember two years ago, Billy Huso was it for yeah, that organization. Absolutely. And when they needed somebody last year, Billy Huso was hurt. Yeah. It just, everything played out that way. And, yeah, even to extent like Jake Allen didn't have to be amazing for them. If he was just decent enough, Bennington's mm-hmm. never getting starts. Yeah. I mean, had he just been a nine ten goaltender, they would have just hummed along. Yep. And instead he was a sub nine hundred goalie, man. He was so bad. It was brutal. I mean, truly brutal. That to be fair, though, you can turn something around in a year's time. It, Allen is playing great as the backup to Bennington this year. You look at someone like Connor Hellebuck, who was all the way down at 913 last season. Right now in Winnipeg with a defense that is just atrocious, he's posting a 933. Right. So 
It's and just that's so that's hard. super human right now. What Connor Hellebuck is doing, for the record, is a, a, truly a heroic effort. That whoever stole Cam Newton's cape after Super Bowl Fifty gave it to Connor <laughs> Hellebuck <laughs> because the Jets suck, dude. Like that's not a good hockey team this year, and they get they they get by because of that dude. Connor Hellebuck keeps the, has kept them relevant. And right now they're in a playoff position solely because of that guy. It's crazy how good he's been. And it's funny because it was like two years ago, he was really, really good. You know, he had the, uh, he had the Vesna caliber season and it was like, Oh, Connor Hellebuck. And then he signs the big deal and goes out and is totally flat. And everybody's like, Oh, this is what happens when you pay young players. And now Connor Hellebuck is good again. And Maybe just goaltending is hard. And and that's the power of the position too, right? It's so difficult because when a goaltender is on, completely changes the entire complexion of a season, let alone a game. And when they're off, yeah. you're doomed. You have no chance. I mean, look at look at Arizona. They are nowhere without Vezina caliber goaltending last year and this year. They they are they require phenomenal goaltending to be where they are. The abs were the same way for years. Either Varley has a Vesna caliber season or they miss the playoffs. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the reality of, of a lot of the, those teams in the NHL where those guys are fighting for wildcard spots and not really pushing for division title. Uh, Arizona's, you know, I think Arizona's in it right now and, Edmonton with the Koskinen being amazing. Like those guys are, they're in it. And you know, the Vegas and San Jose opened up that door for them, but Vegas and San Jose have started to turn it around and they're on their way. And it's like, okay, (laughs) like the boy, let's see if Arizona and Edmonton can be more than a 30 game story this season. Um, because right now I think goaltending, uh, you know, goaltending has carried Arizona. Edmonton has been carried, obviously, by the dynamic duo at the top. And Miko Koskinen just basically having a pulse. So, it's... And, and then you look at the teams that are struggling. You know, Nashville's falling apart. Well, why is that? Well, they're giving up a ton more goals than they're accustomed to. Chicago doesn't even bother trying to play defense. Those and then their goaltending has arguably been the best in the NHL, and it hasn't mattered one damn bit because <laughs> they just give up too much, right? Well, and then you look at Detroit; it has a negative fifty-six goal differential. I, which to say that out loud after thirty games, feels impossible. That is, oh my god, that hurts just to hear. Yeah, and knowing that they're using the Abs castoffs to do it in Pickard and Bernier. And both are not. The numbers aren't pretty. <laughs> there was a lot of hand wringing when the Avs let Bernier walk, and again, it looks like they made the right call there. It's it's hard to argue that in hindsight, obviously, mm-hmm. with both of those guys, it's like my they probably had a bit of a better grasp on Pickard of what he was realistically because yeah. of the season he played. But Bernier was fantastic for them. And now he's simply not. Yeah. And I mean, we're in this conversation anyway. What in the world is going on with Sergei Bobrovsky? 
Oh, eight, dude, I eight, four save percentage right now. You know, uh, there was I, I would say I would point back to something that Jared Bednar said earlier this year about Philip Grubauer. When he said, you know, guys get comfortable in a place and they've been there for a long time and everything is the same every single day. Everything is the same, you know, the, the same routine. They go in the same door. They do it at the same time. They talk to the same guys. They have some of the same conversations. They do whatever. You know, they have their media routine. Some guys will talk. Some guys won't. Whatever. Uh, and it's the same guys. And it's the same trainers. And it's it's repeatable. And you look at Bob. Bob was in Columbus forever. Yep. He was there for a very long time. And Bedner mentioned this in regards to Grubauer struggling last year. That, you know, he did not. And it wasn't like before the goaltending fell apart in halfway through the year last year that Grubauer was in, was really any good. You know, he had been, he had been very, very mediocre before the drop-off before he turned into an 870 goaltender. And when he finally started to get comfortable for whatever reason, you know, it, and it happened in February in mid February with no, no warning, no rhyme, no reason. All of a sudden, Philip Grubauer was comfortable and was very good and hasn't really looked back. You know, I know in the first segment we talked about him being kind of blah, but he certainly hasn't been bad by any stretch. Is Does positions like this just attract that type of person that's very set in their ways? We see this all the time in baseball, too, with pitchers. You know, mm-hmm. they have their routine. They go to the rosin bag on the mound. They take two steps to the left. They get up to the mound. They have their whole thing that they do every single time over and over and over mm-hmm. is that just how these type of players are wired yeah and i i think that when you're talking about you know both pitchers and goaltenders honestly you're talking about a very very volatile positions where anything can go wrong at any given moment without any real warning uh it's very hard to stay focused the way that you prepare yourself to be as focused and locked in for as long as you possibly can is to create good habits is to create repeatable routines in which you just set yourself up to maximize success. Okay, well, this worked. Well, this didn't work. This is fine. This isn't fine. Whatever. And that's, I think that's exactly where Bob is trying to figure it out in Florida. You know, they have a very prolific offense that has helped them. They have an absolutely miserable division so far this season that Boston already has essentially won. And they they have an opportunity to, to hang around and actually be competitive for an entire year. And if he ever really settles in and he ever just becomes Bob, they are probably the biggest dark horse in the East. Hey, I'm down for 1996 part two. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> let's do it. I would I I mean both of the games that they played against each other this year were wildly entertaining. That's that's true. Goaltending was not the not the shining light in those games, but Which, and yet like the I remember Grubauer made unbelievable save on Barkov in in Florida. Uh that was maybe the best save that any Avs goaltender has made all year. Yeah, and and Bobrovsky played like a great second period in one of the games too. So that it's there. Too. It's just not consistent. 
Yeah. It's I'm I'm curious, you know, we all kind of laugh because oh ha, ha, who didn't see the Bobrovsky thing coming, you know, but if he ever turns it around, that team is nasty. So what we're saying is goaltenders aren't superstitious, they're just a little stitious, basically. Right. Exactly. All right. Um yeah, I guess that pretty much covers it, unless final thoughts or any other goaltenders you wanna pin out in the NHL. Varley. Yeah. Got a cushy job behind a Barry Trotz defense. Not really, honestly, playing all that well. I mean, he's fine. I mean, he's... I think most nights, Thomas Christ has probably been a little bit better. That seems to be a recurring thing, theme up there, though. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Thomas Grice turned into a quality goaltender for the Islanders and absolutely nowhere else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I mean, it's like... It's like whatever the hell they put in the water supply in Carolina that got them starting caliber goaltending out of bad goalies. <laughs> Where you're just like, I don't know what's going on here, but okay, this is working. You take it while it's there, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I would also just like to say whatever. Henrik Lundqvist, wildly under underappreciated. By by us as hockey people. No doubt about it. I mean, do you think he has it in him to catch Wa for second all time in wins? Um I'd have to see just how far back he is, but that's still not a very good team. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly not even gonna come within striking distance of Brodeur, but I I mean I'd tell you if if he got moved to a good team, maybe. But like yeah. the Rangers, the Rangers are rebuilding and they're rebuilding with a head coach that doesn't want to play their young players. So I, yeah, every, every complaint that we have had about how the abs have handled their AHL team over the last several years is, is playing out in New York for the Rangers NHL club. Brutal dude. It's rough to watch. Uh, Hank need, he'd need 95 more wins to catch Wah. Not going to happen, man. Not, I mean, in, in New York, you know, playing 50 games. <laughs> yeah, you would. He, he's going to need a couple more years. So he, will, he might catch Luongo, which he needs 33 wins to get to. Probably not this year, but, you know, unless he yeah. retires this year. And that's, I guess that's one of the questions with him. What, what does he want to do? We don't really know. How much does he have left in the tank? Yeah, and he doesn't want to go anywhere. Right. He's His whole career, he said, I'm New York for life, basically. Yeah, and uh, it's it's very cool that he has said that and that they have respected that and not tried to kick him out the door for the sake of the rebuild and the reboot or whatever you want to call it. That's going on there right now. I think it's very cool that they've respected his wishes and just been like, okay, well, I guess we'll just take it. Oh my God. Anton Lindholm scored a goal. (laughs) Colorado Eagles. It happens about once a year. Anton Lindholm gets one. Uh, Christmas miracle came early. (laughs) It's early December this year for Anton. Well, with that, 
I guess I got an Eagles game to watch the rest of. So we'll call it there. AJ, appreciate all your thoughts as always. To the viewers, thank you for listening. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times, but we have some awesome content coming up. Yes, the Taylor Hall stuff is coming. We will have it by the end of this week for you guys. It should be a fun pod. So keep your ears out for that, and we will talk to you tomorrow.